Hi, folks. I'm Duncan Gill, child and adolescent psychiatrist. And I'm Victoria Lee, licensed clinical mental health counselor. And welcome to Is There a Med for That? the podcast about teen mental health, behavioral problems, and what to do about them. Victoria and I have been working together for years with kids. Sometimes we use therapy, sometimes medication. Sometimes we just give guidance to parents. And we realize that sometimes kids just need to be left alone. We don't have all the answers, but we've got some of them. We'll do our best to share what we've learned over the years working with struggling kids and their families. We hope you enjoy the show and that we can be helpful to those who have taken on the hardest, most important job in the world, being a parent. Hello, Duncan. Hi, Vicki. Here we are again. We have a special guest in the podcast today named Theodore. Theodore. Theodore is uh, a small brown dog that's about the size of a very small bat. Right now on Victoria's lap, we're going to see if we can post a couple pictures of him. Yes. But I think he'd be a great mascot. Yeah, he's very cute. His name is, his nickname is Teddy. He comes into direction to hang out with the teenagers who love him and adore him. He's ridiculously small. Yeah. Like absurdly small. Yeah, he's going to grow a little. I don't, I think that's it. He's going to grow a little bit. I think he's wonderful. I absolutely do. But it's amazing how small a dog can be. Yeah, he's he's a cutie. Anyways, my favorite part of the day so far was watching you try to juggle Teddy in one hand and your phone in the other and try to take a selfie while moving your hands around your microphone (laughs) and not knock everything over. That made my day. Good. Thanks, Good. I hope the picture comes out good and that we can share with our audience so they can meet Teddy. Exactly. See if he has a future in the podcast industry or not. You can vote yay or nay on Teddy. He does, I think, yeah. And then we'll bring Rico in. Rico and and Juby, we're going to have dogs every episode. Yes. Yogi, eventually. We have a lot of good dogs in our lives. And if people like the podcast, maybe they'll like the dogs. Yeah, it's a good backup because people love dogs. (laughs) Who doesn't like dogs? Right. And if you don't, it's questionable. It's very questionable. So, red flag. We actually work that into our psychiatric evals that we do here. Have a dog running around and <laughs> you don't like them. It's diagnosable. Out. No. Um, so we were going to answer another question today from a caller. Let's do it. Maybe we can just, Oh, but before we get there, we wanted to maybe circle back to our last question from Bob on the last episode. We had some further thoughts on clarifying some of our message in our last episode. Yeah. This, so this was the question of what to do if your teenager comes home drunk, say from a dance. So we had a 16 year old and uh, I role played a parent and Victoria was the parent of, I want to say maybe a more typical situation in which a teenager who uh, is prone to getting in trouble sometimes comes home drunk and tries to evade you and sneak upstairs and then gets it into you, gets into it with you a bit. Um, and then we reversed it and I role played it. And I realized as I was doing it, I was doing as if it were, for example, one of my kids, like my daughter, for example. And Victoria asked after the podcast episode, you know, how would you really feel? And uh, yeah, I said, you know what? I, with my daughter, I might think it's a good thing. Yeah. We wanted to clarify meaning because your daughter maybe how like why could you clarify for the audience yeah. why that would be good in someone like your daughter dep- yeah more internal yeah. um more anxious in some ways less socially comfortable yep out there and the thought that a sort of wound kid going out and experimenting a little bit in a way that you know 
is presumably safe, at least according to our scenario, and doing it right. once, and then perhaps coming home and being a little contrite about it, or the next morning, yeah. saying, you know, I wish I didn't do that, um, could see it as part of individuation. Right, right, and her having um, courage in certain ways to step out of her comfort zone, try on new social roles, and then the part... I think to consider as loving parents is how do we, if she's open to it, how do we help her reflect on, is that the type of behavior you want to continue to integrate into your identity? Um, Because a big part of adolescence is taking risks, trying to figure out who, what behaviors do you want to integrate into your life? And it often involves taking a lot of big risks and, and leaps. And you want them to learn to take maybe healthy risks in terms of what they're doing, but in this case, it might represent um, some good internal movement in her development for you. If you were to see that in your daughter or another like child who's more internal and right. not as hadn't yet been that adventurous in venturing out into the world, we're going to get an angry call about that, right? Yeah, I think as we really go more and more, we're going to get more angry calls, <laughs> <laughs> which is typical, That's right? Good. So you're doing, yeah. If, if everyone's happy with you, you're probably either too agreeable um, or you're not speaking the truth well enough. Yep. Um, so. so those are yeah further thoughts. Shall we yeah. go to our uh, caller? Yeah, let's go to our caller for today. Hey, you guys. When we visit our friends with our kids, the other parents are often threatening punishment, but they never carry through. For example, they'll say something like, if you don't stop teasing Claire, you'll take a break in your room for the next half hour. And they never follow through. Never. What do you say to parents who are timid at following through on consequences? And what's the long-term damage, if any, to a kid who seldom receives consequences? What about my kids watching this all happen? Hmm. Thanks, you guys. Hmm. Great work. A fun question. Yeah, really great question. I appreciate the call in. We've all seen this, right? Yeah. Or perhaps done it. Yep. Yeah. What immediately comes, a couple of things, I guess, I want to really point out how the caller went from punishment to consequence, which I think is an important distinction. Right. So initially, they're in to a lot of people, it's kind of semantics when we talk about this, but for us, I think it's really important because we see there is a big difference in punishment versus consequence. And so if the punishment, right, is unrelated usually to the punishment, the does, crime, the crime so <laughs> to speak, or the offense or the imbalance, whereas the consequence is, you know, if you don't stop hitting your brother and you go take space in your room because in our group, we don't hit each other. It's just like not Nobody a cool thing. Nobody wants to thing. be around you. Yeah, no one wants to be around people who are going to hit them. So please leave the group. That's connected versus like, if you don't stop hitting your sister, um, I'm going to hit you, <laughs> right? Which is counter, like that's a punishment. It's almost the opposite. It's of, the opposite. You're teaching right. them to hit in a lot of ways. And then, or like, um, if you don't stop hitting your sister, I'm taking away your allowance for the week. Or cell phone. That's, or that's, cell phone. That's, that's the, the big default thing. punishment these days, yeah. And in some cases, taking the cell phone might be part of a natural consequence, but that would be for bigger things that are related to the cell phone, like misusing the cell phone, or if someone has completely throughout probably pretty egregious behaviors left the group, so to speak, which we can talk about in a different episode and kind of have previously. Right. Um, and so that's a good, I think, p- 
part of it is that I'd really encourage the parents who are saying those things to make sure that you're mindfully saying those things. Cause often in the moment you might say something that you really don't want to follow through on. And that's partly <laughs> why you threat don't does the trick, right? Yes. And like, and, and I think like the threat, that's a great word. Cause that's what I'm, I was thinking. You don't want to just be saying things to threaten your child. We don't want to practice being intimidating with our words or body. That's not how we want to educate our child now and again like the fact is like i am bigger and stronger than you so if like i need to make sure that the situation is safe like i might have to do that but i don't want my child to ever feel intimidated by me and threats do that and that's why people threaten is because it intimidates the other to behave in a certain way and so i would really advise parents to not go down the threatening route but to lay out a consequence that you feel is healthy and in in line with what's going on and that protects the group aka the family in this situation and also helps the child practice healthier pro-social behaviors so in that moment you're gonna whatever your consequence you're laying out it's helping the child learn something and it's helping keep the group safe yeah we i mean the first problem from our point of view i think is the whole idea of punishment Yes. We, we don't think it's a good thing. Right. Right. Which is basically you do something wrong and we hurt you in some kind of way that's unrelated. We, we try to let kids experiment and then they're, you know, ideally their natural consequences to have nothing to do with you as a parent. Yep. And second best is there are consequences that have something to do with your parent, but also have something to do with whatever the infraction was or whatever the action was. Absolutely. So related to it's, yeah. And that's that trial and error theme we come back to a lot. Right. Um, they need to, we try things out and if it works, you keep doing it. And if not, you don't keep doing it. Generally speaking, it's oversimplified, but, and so focusing in on the question, the piece about what happens, what, what, okay, let's focus on the first part. What do we have to say to parents who are intimidated by (laughs) following through on consequences? Yeah. That's another reason parents will threaten things which they can't do is because then they don't have to do them. <laughs> uh, they hope that the threat does the trick. Right. But you, you have multiple layers of problems. You have the fact that it, it's like crying wolf, right? It's saying you're going to do something and they're not doing it. It's weakening your authority in it's a lot of ways. It's weakening your authority because kids will learn that you're not actually going to do it yep. and continue to ignore. So that's another problem. Yep. And one thing I think is a huge potential damage down the line is something called false empowerment, Hmm. where children develop into adults who feel way more empowered than they should. I think you should feel empowered about healthy things that are you know, life giving and balancing, but a lot of people feel entitled. I think, um, they don't have a good sense of reciprocity in relationships and helping your child learn that being cooperative and loving is what empowers you in a healthy functional group, not being dysfunctional. That's not going to empower you in our group. But oftentimes I think parents get intimidated by their kids' behavior, or it's just a lot of it's a lot of damn work to follow work. through on um, consequences with your child. And sometimes you're tired and just don't want to do it. But I think in the long run, your child will learn um, how to be a more functional part of the group and they'll thrive more in their life in general. So the long-term damage is that 
you run the risk of a child becoming a, not fun to be around, unlikable. They don't know their own boundaries. They don't know how to have relationships um, that are authentic and direct. Um, and I think that that affects their relationships well beyond their relationship with you. And also I think the short-term stuff to look at is it's like you said, there's the crying wolf. It it cheapens your relationship. It does. It it really diminishes your authority, which is not only a problem then it's a problem going forward because the child will respect you less, which makes sense. Yeah. Right. You're saying one thing and not following through it, which is being a lousy role model too. Yep. In confusing, that's a really confusing thing. Right. When someone says something, but they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I would say as well, sort of practically what to do, because I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but one thing I did once my daughter was being particularly irritating and I was irritated was I'm going to, I'm going to rip up your homework. I didn't do a lot of thinking before I said that, but as soon as I said it, what a what was I th- right? Th- th- there's your basic empty threat. Right. Not only has nothing I'm frustrated. To do with it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, was, it was violating all the rules. Right. But one thing parents I think could keep in mind is you're the parent. You don't. You can change your mind. I think there's a sense that somehow everything you say you have to, you know, follow. Even if you change your mind about. It. There's no reason you can't just say. Oh, that didn't make any sense. Right. And own role model. So in that case, if you do find yourself putting out an empty thread or saying something that's really not healthy and balanced yourself, as soon as you become mindful of it, say, Oh geez, wow, I'm sorry. Like that's not what I, that's not what a healthy way of dealing with this, but what would be right. Right. Go to that balanced boundary or balanced consequence at that point. But it's so important first that you role model like if it's not something you should follow through with, don't follow through. <laughs> but if it is, follow through. Yeah. Because then what's going to happen is your child learns healthy consequences and they learn that in that it it's a give and take to be part of a group. They can't just take, 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 take and do, 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 do. It has to be back and forth and other people have wants and needs that you have to balance with your own. And I think some parents nowadays are intimidated that they're going to damage their child in right. some way. And you're absolutely right. You are going to damage your child if you're threatening them with bad things and then following through. If you're highly punitive and um, abusive to your child, you are doing damage. See, so like that just that's accurate. But being abusive is different than setting healthy boundaries. That's actually being caring and supportive of your child's development. You know, there are many parents who think they are being setting appropriate limits and being the stricter parent and yet are the ones who make empty threats, don't follow through. And they actually are more enabling than the ones who don't make the threats to begin with. Even if you let your kid do whatever, it's worse to say you're going to do something, not follow through. Right. That's enabling it. Right. Because now you have two problems. Not only are you enabling the behavior, but you're also creating um, like like another layer of issues is that we all just say things we don't mean. So you have the problem behavior that you're enabling, and then you have the practice of making uh, statements that you don't follow through on. And so we're unreliable to each other. And as a parent, it's really important that we are reliable. I was just thinking then that, 
how many parents have not done that? Have you done that before? Done what? Empty threats. Yeah. Yeah. My kids, I mean, at this point they're very young. So it's probably more like if you don't go to sleep right now, like, I don't know. I don't even know. Like I can't even think of anything. I guess I don't. Yeah. I don't do a whole lot of empty threats. Your kids aren't old enough maybe to threaten in an empty fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just wait. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming, kids. We, had a, we have a counselor who, it was great, was angry as darn, and threatened to throw her off the porch. Yes, and that we, just, he did not do it. It's a great parenting moment. Yeah. yeah if, if you follow through, it's not a great parenting right. moment. Right, right. And he apologized for it and recognized that it wasn't healthy immediately after. Um, and role modeling, how do you then identify what your emotions are and why you're saying that right. and then how to self-regulate? Yeah, what what you do after you make that is way more important than the actual spontaneous thing. If you can say that didn't make any sense and right. you can correct it. That's teaching great, them humility, yeah. teaching them how to apologize, how to correct errors. That's yeah. teaching them failure tolerance. It's like one of the number one things you want to teach your kids how to tolerate failing in life. Cuz they will. Um, yeah. And and if they're not failing, they're not trying new things enough. Right. And that's not good for their development as a human. Um, what should you say to your own kids if you're hanging out with parents and, and kids who have this dynamic? I think the most important thing is that at home, you practice something very different. Right. And if they have questions about it, answering it directly and honestly with your thoughts and opinions. Yep. Um, but I think your kids can be witness to a lot of things. But if you live in balance in your family unit, that's going to be the stronger message. If you are those parents that are setting healthy boundaries and following through and probably give it a little time, they're going to start to see that Johnny or whoever the kid is struggles in certain ways because mm. of that. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they, if they you don't need to bring attention to it either. Um, I think you know, another tempting thing is to, when you're struggling with your own parenting to disparage other parenting. So yeah. you don't want to fall into that trap. Yep. Yeah. My parenting sucks, but theirs is even worse. Yeah. You're lucky you don't have them as a parent. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, they may. Yeah. I was just thinking kids that may look attractive to other kids that they can get, away, you know, their friend gets away with more. Right. And maybe they ask about it. And then in yeah. that point, I would have an honest conversation with why I find it important that as a parent who loves you. Right. I take it very serious. My responsibility to help educate you on having healthy relationships. And I want to have a good relationship with you. And part of that is that we can have boundaries and be likable together. That's pretty good to me. Yeah. But I, I do think a lot of parents are intimidated nowadays to do that. The younger parents have a hard time with following through. Yeah. Because you don't want to be mean or unlikable. Yep. Traumatize so. your child. By right. It. Yeah. And your child's a lot more resilient yes. than you think. Kids yes. are adaptive and resilient. That doesn't mean have free reign on them to do things you know are harmful, yeah. but they can tolerate errors and they adapt, especially if the spirit is right. Yeah. I think it's really important that you keep your spirit right in all these interactions, that it's coming out of love. Um, and if you find you made an error, you just correct it. Even if you ask them to take space and like you look back and you're like, wow, like I was just annoyed and I blame that on you. Right. Just own it and say that and say, hey, I want to do better next time. If you, you know, 
I'm sorry. Move on. Yep. But repair. Repair. Repair and keep practicing together. Keep loving each other together. Good. Yeah. Follow through. Good question. Um, yeah. So uh, call in if you have a question about something to, going on in your house with your kiddos. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We or want to f- have a follow-up question? A follow-up question. Other thoughts? Yep. Right? It's a good point. If something we said makes no sense, right? please call in and, and let us know and we'll explain it better and in more or detail. Or ignore it if we can't explain it better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Have a good afternoon. Have a good day. All right. Bye, Duncan. Bye, Vicki. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Is There a Med for That? For more information about our podcast and our clinical work, visit our website at medforthat.com. If you've got questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at contact at medforthat.com. We'd love to answer some of your questions on air. Have a great day.